Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We put together a guide with some recommendations to help you focus on being financially fit at different milestones in your life. Some of you may be ahead of schedule, while others may have to play catch up. You can download this guide for free on our website. The link to download your path to a lifetime of financial success is listed in the episode description. Or you can go to wiserinvestor.com, scroll to the bottom and find it there. Now on to today's episode. Welcome to a Wise Retirement Podcast, where we believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Today, I'm joined with Marty Paradise from Paradise Business Consulting. Today, we're going to talk about uh, important things like we need to be doing uh, when we start a business. Hey, Marty. Hey, how you doing, Casey? Nice to be here. So, Marty, um, we don't we haven't taken a, a direct business approach in a while in our podcast. I think uh, usually it's centered around tax with Jordan or other guests that, that we bring on. Um, but I, I met you because I was searching for a business coach and I wanted to find someone in the Donald, Donald Miller story brand who understood story brand and business made simple. And then, but also maybe I was wherever I was, I remember checking boxes and, and I ended up finding, you also know Michael Gerber's e-myth and then you also knew the EOS system, right? Which uh, who did the EOS system? You um, know Wickman. That's right. That's right. Yeah, his, Wickman. yeah, I think I, I think I remember when we first talked. You're like, um, you know, like I need somebody who does knows this, this, and this. And I said, well, <laughs> I'm certified in two out of the three, and I know a lot about EOS, but I'm not. So you're like my guy. Anyway, yes. so that was kind of funny. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard to find. So for instance, um, I've been struggling with teams. So we're building and scaling. And, you know, we have we have a situation where, okay, I, my business does not fit into the mold of a normal wealth management firm. And I've told everyone here at Wiser and I've told others this, I've said, you know, we can't look to our own industry to solve our own growth uh, opportunities. I don't call them problems, they're opportunities. Uh, we have to look, we have, we've got to go look at like software development companies and how they build teams to, to look at how we do advice, right? We've got to go, we've got to go build, um, we got to go build our client experience like you would at a fine restaurant. We've got to go, you know, and actually I did that. Um, <laughs> so the book, uh, Setting the Table with Danny Myers. I don't know if you've read that book. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's the one that did Shake Shack, but prior to that he did uh, Union Station um uh up in new york and it was like the first fine dining without the awkward butler standing at your table the entire time you can come a little more casually dressed uh but he union square i think it was union square but he anyway uh actually flew to his restaurant this is before covid but i flew to his restaurant to see what it was like and made my reservation our reservation system at wiser is just like their reservation system for the restaurant instead of asking instead of asking what are your allergies and all this other stuff, you know, we're, we're, Hey, you have, a, you have an appointment with us in 24 hours and here's the driving directions. Right. So it's, 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 uh, uh try to be more high touch, but anyway, um, there's another, there's another book just while you're on the, that, yeah, it's another book that I'm, I just started reading last week It's called unreasonable hospitality. Ah, great, great book. And it's set in context of the hospitality industry, but I think kind of to your, your point, you know, whether it's a financial services firm or a restaurant or hotel, there's things you need to do as part of the client experience and kind of putting that into a framework or a system and kind of how you do it 
is is critical no matter what business you're in and what also gives me the ability and a lot of what i do is i i can coach clients from pretty much every industry imaginable but many of the systems and the things they need to think about and things they need to put into their business are largely the same. They're different by business, but right. the, the, the core of what core you're trying to establish is the yeah. same. So. Yeah, this this company that was talking about Diamond Teams, um, the consultant was $3,700 a month. And it was one of those deals where I felt like they were gonna get in and never leave. <laughs> They're always gonna have some reason why they need to justify you know, $3,700 a month. and. I was like, ah, I don't know. This is like one solution to one problem, but then there's all these other things. And so I really appreciate what you do in focusing uh, big picture. And, and just to be clear, you and I have had many conversations, but but we are not under advisement of, uh, of your firm, but you are working with uh, several of our clients. <laughs> so, so it's kind of a weird relationship, I guess, and that I've never fully committed to Paradise Consulting, but I'm telling everyone they should fully commit to uh, <laughs> Paradise Consulting. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 that was about that was about almost a year ago when we yeah, had our first conversation. That's and, right. Know, I, I think two hours went by really fast, so we're just like. All of a sudden, we got it anyway. So, so we've read the same book. You just give me another one to read. Um, I guess what we explain to our listeners who've never heard of any of these books, uh, that, that a little bit about what's happening here. Uh, so Donald Miller, uh, out of Nashville, one of the Nashville mafia people, right? Dave Ramsey, Donald Miller, Michael Hyatt, all in Nashville, all three guys you should listen to if, if, if they're talking, uh, usually Dave, Dave's getting a little angry these days. I'm not sure what's going on with him. <laughs> he's always been, he's <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? They're all, they're all, you know, all these companies, you know, Hyatt, um, Ramsey, Businessmates, they're all kind of part of that. I was just there about two weeks ago in the yeah. in the Nashville Epicenter for business coaching. Um, so yeah, that's great. So, so Business Made Simple is a book that Donald Miller wrote. It's actually, I think it's his third business book. The first one really changed our our life. Uh, uh, marketing Made Simple, uh, but before that, it was um, Building a Story Brand. So building a story brand is everything you know about marketing. Marketing made simple is, is how you execute that. I keep it. I keep copies in my office when business owners come through. They're struggling. I just give them the two books and say, "This is your guidelines. Uh, the guideline to, to, to fix everything." Uh, Michael Gerber makes me feel uh, really bad every time I read his book because you know he talks about uh, entrepreneurial seizures. He talks about being a manager and then the technician, and that how a lot of our business owners have created jobs for themselves, right? Uh, but they haven't really created a business. They just created a job, <laughs> right? And then the EOS is and, and they're working for and they're working for the the, the worst boss possible themselves. Themselves, right? <laughs> and then the EOS book traction is something that was recommended to me. I read the book and it allows me to create a uh, one page business plan, which I just recently updated. Uh, what else can you add to that? What am I missing? Um, that tell our listeners about the, the those key key uh, resources. There, um, you know, specifically on kind of, so one of the things I, I, I would I would recommend anyone starting a small business or if you even have an established business is that you need you need a plan, you need a framework, you need an approach. And those, and those books are all great examples of frameworks and systems that allow you to develop the business kind of um, end to end. Um, Miller's actually has an, another, um, book that came out last year it's called um hero on a mission which is a life right. it's a 
how to create a life plan. And um, it's just backwards story. A lot of clients will come to me like, hey, Casey said I should get a business coach or I'm looking for a business coach. And I have, you know, a, a way of developing the business, but a lot of them sometimes are confused. Like, why do I need to do this life plan thing? What, yeah. You know, this isn't Tony. I said, but they're a valid question, but kind of the idea is when you start, when you're going to create a new business or build out a business, you're doing that because you want your business to serve your life. Mm -hmm. And so for you, for you, to, for you to be able to tell the business what you, you want your you want your life plan to tell your business what you want your life to be about and kind of work backwards for them. And so a lot of clients I I, I work with, you know, they've done exercises like this and, and working on that. It's just really critical about how do you, you know, before we create a, a vision for your business, your new business. What do you want your life to look like and kind of the intersection between? And those are sometimes just listing out some outcomes in mm -hmm. outcomes you want personally, you know, with your relationships, with, you know, your health, with your spiritual well-being, whatever it is. And obviously where, do you know anyone who can help out with the, uh, the other component of a life plan, like their wealth management and financial <laughs> you know anyone who does <laughs> Well, which is big, which is a big part of it. I think that's why I've got to a couple of your clients who are like, hey, if you want your financial plan to work, you need this business over here to, to do X, Y, and Z so that that piece of your business, so your business serves your life is the underlying. And, that, and that's why I sent them to you because ultimately they're asking for X lifestyle. So they're getting that through the planning process. We talk about legacy uh, all the time in our planning process, but in the end, um, you know, they need to sell 50 more widgets in order to make that happen. And then we start kind of getting into the weeds of the business and they go, oh, well, you can help me with this. It's like, no, no, I'm not a business coach. You, you need to go talk to Marty and Marty's the business coach. Uh, and and, and it's, it sounds like it's working, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it does, it does start. It's like reverse engineering, I guess. Right. Exactly. So exactly. today we're going to cover um, uh, things that you should know when starting a business and I think we should be clear that I think these points are probably good for anybody running any business, not just starting a business. For there are some basic things you got to do when you're starting a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where would you start? Where would you start, Marty? Where would I start? I, I have a great idea. <laughs> How do I? I don't. I want. I want to make millions on this idea. It's, it's not an NFT. It's a. Uh, it's a legitimate business. Um, where do, where do I go? What do I do? There's, so there's a, there's a difference between kind of having an idea and understanding the problem. So number one thing before you kind of do anything, you got to get really clear on what is the problem? What, what problem is, are you solving? Is that what, what you're problem, talking about? What problem is my, my business going to, is go, what problems is my business going to solve? And how you really think kind of how you think about that because getting clear on the problem not problems 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 is really fundament, fundamental and today's world and you've probably read about this in some of the story brand or marketing made simple material you know, like people don't care about your problem unless you can make their lives better 
So mm -hmm. what's the problem your, your new business is going to solve? Kind of how are you going to solve it? And then how is that solving that problem going to make someone's life better, easier, more fulfilling, kind of whatever it is. So start with the problem. All right. So we have, we, we, we've, we're solving a problem for people. So therefore that should increase demand. Right. And then we got to transition out of, we got to create a business, right? We got to, we got to go create a business. Um, you know, there's, uh, Donald Miller talks about the airplane, which I, as a pilot, I love airplanes. Right. So, um, I don't know. What do you, what do you do next? You got to start building a, um, you got to start building your marketing, right? Or create no, a business no, plan. I would, I would, I would, I would, the second thing I would do is like, again, this is when you're starting a business, even if you have an existing business is how are you going to make money? Yep. I mean, if you, if you haven't figured out the problem, how you're going to solve it, how you're going to make like make people's life easier. You can do that, but I don't necessarily know if that includes how you're going to make money at doing it. So you should have kind of an idea of how you're going to make money or what your economic model is to support right. your new business. So I think that's critical. That's critical. You've all, everyone's read the stats on survivor rates of new businesses, even the existing businesses, but you know, small businesses run out of cash. Yep. So having um, an understanding of how your business is going to make money, I think would probably be sec second piece of like general advice. So maybe creating a business plan. It doesn't have to be like when I was in college, man, they, they had you do like these 14 page business plans, which I'm totally against that. Now, anybody asked me for a 14 business plan doesn't understand business. It just doesn't make sense uh, to me. I think, I hope they are still not doing that. They've evolved maybe, but probably not. <laughs> but ultimately yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you're selling, if you're selling widgets, you know, how much does it cost you? Where's it going to be made? Right. How much does it cost to store? How much is it? How much can you sell the widget for? If you're a service person, right? Your, your time, uh, maybe software or whatever it is that you, that you need to run your business, your your rent, your location, you know, what's your break even? How many clients do you have to have in order to, to get over the hump, right? Um, so just, you know, and then how are you gonna grow it? How are you gonna scale it? So the marketing plan kind of gets written into that that business model, that business plan as well, right? You're, you're exactly right. Business plans are kind of, I'm a little bit older than you, but you know, they're, they're very outdated. I mean, it's just how things are moving fast. So I, what I would kind of say um, is create a picture of what you want your business to look like, act like, feel like, mm -hmm. perform like three years from now. And you start with that and you kind of build your priorities or your planning kind of underneath that to make that happen. And if it's three years, you're doing it in a, you're, you knock off the one year chunk, then you have the two year chunk, three year chunk. And more importantly is what are the three or four, five most important priorities that I'm going to do in Q1 or I'm going to do in Q2. And you don't even need to necessarily go out through a plan out all of 2023, just getting clear where, where am I going? What's kind of my plan to get there in 2023? what are the three or four, five most important priorities that need to get accomplished for my business moving forward? And so that's, that's kind of how I think about business plans. In the traction book, you know, there's a 10 year plan, which is like your, your audacious goal, right? And then, it, then the hag, 
You correct. And then there's the three year picture and then there's the one year picture. And then there's what do you have to do over the next 90 days to get to get toward that one year picture? And then what do you have to do over the next seven days to get to get the 90 day taken care of? Right. So it really you kind of break it back down to you wake up in the morning. You should know exactly what it is you have to go accomplish that day to move forward. Right. Um, and I, I think that that that's very that's very good advice. Um, startup costs. So, you know, startup costs. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've read so many different things about this. I mean, I started my company with a $5,000 credit card <laughs> in 2001. That's all I had. I didn't have any money. Uh, I started off with a $5,000 credit card. I think this is what I really want to do. Um, and that bought me the all the basic stuff that I needed to get to get started. It was a service based business, right? I did it at my house. Um, and you were you were a pilot, if I remember. Yeah, right. that's right. I was a I, I had a dual career. I flew airplanes for twelve years until I could uh, get out of the sky and stay on the ground. Um, but but you know, but if you're starting an airline, you need probably hundreds of millions of dollars, right? As your startup cost. If you're if you're starting a uh, retail store, you've got to fill your store up with stuff to sell, right? So air, a service business is very different startup cost than anything else. Um, that's out there. But if you're being a, if you're a consultant, there's there's some cost. It could be low cost. Um, the cost could actually be you're not working anymore. You left your job to be a consultant. So you left a six figure job. And now your your cost is a reduction in income. And how fast can you build back and higher than, than that number? Uh, but you definitely need to have a well designed idea uh, about about cost. Something else that um, that you know you don't really think about either as family you know if if you're if you're trying to do something and all the people around you are telling you you're crazy and dumb and this is not going to work uh the world's hard enough as it is and i can't imagine what it'd be like to to go without without support right um one third of my clients are married partners so i i kind of know this dynamic <laughs> okay. very well yeah. but um it, this that kind of gets to when I talked earlier about like your your life plan and so enlisting family members. Hey guys, here's here's my new business idea. Here's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to quit my day job or I'm going to I'm going to develop this business and kind of and this is how it's going. This business is going to serve my family, my spouse, my my kids, or whatever. And, and, and enlisting that is um, a key part of it and being really clear how is this business is going to serve my life. And part of my life includes my family members and the people who are as close, who are closest to me. So exactly. What do you think? Um, when, when do you think it's time to hang it up? How do you know when it's not working? When it's not working. I mean, you probably see a lot of people that, that have viable businesses in the beginning. They're just trying to fine tune, but you know, you think about startups, you know, it, it, I had a question posed to me at a, um, a Q&A event at, at a local college here and, and someone asked me for advice on starting a business. And I thought about it for a few seconds, but my answer was fail fast. I, I think in, in, in it, for me, I, I've had a couple of, of businesses that didn't work out, uh, nothing related to Wiser, but um, I think back on it and I go, man, I. I kept chasing good money after bad, and maybe we should have just we should have just gotten out faster, right? 
Um, and so, you know, if it's something that if it's not working, if, if the money is not there and, and you keep putting more money into it or keep borrowing more money, which is scary, mm -hmm. sometimes it just doesn't work or you're, you know, maybe you're too early. <laughs> the market doesn't want or, that. Or, or you need to pivot, you know, into, you know, yeah. so if you have a, you know, but look at an I've worked with 125 clients one-to-one. -one. I've never had one that has like, literally called it quits and said, I'm just getting out of even. I've had them say, this isn't fun anymore. I want to sell it or I want to re I want to take the same business model and focus on this or that. But um, when to call it quits, I might need to think about that one. More. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I, I see, I see companies now, sometimes you quit because you just run out of money. Exactly. Yeah, because you have to. But I mean, maybe there's a point. That's not a decision. That, yeah, it's, it's you're, just, you're, you're, you just can't maybe, fund it anymore. But maybe there was a point prior to that that it was indication of this is not going to work. I, I can think of scenarios with business partners. You're like, yeah, I thought I could work with this person, but this person is not, not a good fit for me. Um, so there's things you just have to think about. It's like, I'm going to go in this, I'm going to change my life, but I'm going to give this six months. And in six months, I can't get this thing going the right direction. Then I just need to go back to corporate America or, or whatever. Uh, I'm not a quitter by nature at all. Uh, I know that. But one, one thing, one way, another um, kind of system that I, I work with all my clients on, and I, I'm sure you already have this, but you can call them KPIs, you can call them key strategic indicators, you can call them key measurables. But kind of the idea is before your 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 business gets into trouble, you're starting to track some some metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. So you can kind of just see because the past is a good indicator of, of future or at least allows you to dial up or dial down. So if your key numbers aren't, they're, they're going down, you either have to fix them or um, you're gonna know it well before your business complete heads south where it's time to turn in, you know, turn in the, throw in the towel, so to speak. So the, in my way of thinking about that, is you need some type of a, a dashboard to kind of plot where you're going and know at every moment, like you might count families, you might count, um, re, you know, if your retention, you've got great retention that I read on your website, like 99%. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I mean, so if those, those indicators start less clients, clients are leaving you are, are, are signs to say, got to do something about this and, fix this or address this in my business as it moves forward. So have you, uh, I know a lot of people come to you with established businesses. Have you ever helped try to name a business? Um, I work very few clients will actually, um, come to me. Like the, most of them will have a, a name for a name established, established, what I, what I would probably do, and a lot of clients have a large investment in, their, in the what they decided to name it, but I might work on working on kind of their, their positioning that goes with their name so that their, their name and their universal selling or their USP or their motto, their tagline kind of fits with the company. I work on that, but um, yeah of a branding process but not, not too many clients will change their name right 
No, I've, I've suggested it several times. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just didn't match. <laughs> um, well, even mine, even mine, Paradise Business Coaching, you know, what the heck is that? You know, like I, right. I named it like 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, do, do, do small businesses want to really think they're in paradise? They're really not in paradise. So the name's kind of weird, but <laughs> so they realize it's my last name. That is my real name, by the way, Casey. You know that. <laughs> Um, all right. So from, from like a marketing standpoint and setting up your company, well, before I get into that, uh, there's just a few business things that every guy, every person has to do. You're, you're going to have to set your legal structure, LLC versus S corp. I don't know that anybody really needs to be a sole proprietor right now, but LLC versus S corp, you can, you can search, um, you can search our podcast. We have in depth, uh, conversation with that. I think with an attorney and a CPA, uh, Jordan, uh, on our, on our podcast. Um, you also have got to get a domain name for that business name that Marty told you to get, right? <laughs> you got to, you got to find, find the right domain name and the misspelled version of it and, uh, all the other things that they could call you, uh, to go into that, into that domain. Um, so I, you know, I, I think those are kind I, of actually, I went, I went to the, you know, the web, um, to the web today and I'm looking up you and I'm like, I think there's two or three wisers financial planning firms. It's got your name involved with that it's easy to find you but anyway it's kind yeah. of that same thing like there's there's a few there's one in canada that looks just like us i can't really go after them but the ones in the u.s we have uh we, we have branded uh we have all the rights and everything so Good. it's Good. just annoying to be that guy but you have to do it in order to defend your mark that's that's something i learned too if you don't defend your mark you also lose the mark because you didn't defend the mark uh so yeah it, that, that's uh that, that can be frustrating sometimes also. Oh, and an EIN, you should get an EIN number. That's always good uh, for, for starting businesses. So, so we, we see we've got our business established. We've got our EIN number. We've got our, uh, we decided to be an S Corp or an LLC with S Corp privileges. It's all very confusing. Uh, and then now we're ready to start marketing our, our business. And marketing is a uh, really cheap website that our cousin did and uh, some business cards. And then we're done, right, Marty? That's all we need. That's all you need is marketing. I mean, <laughs> um, here's here's um, one one kind of way. Um, and it, you know, when you're thinking about developing your startup or taking your existing business and, and developing it over time, um, most of my most clients I, I work with either aren't following a framework. They aren't. They don't have time to do it. They don't know how to do it. So one of the other piece of advice is like, you got to get a plan. You got to get a framework and a way to think about your, your business because so many, you just listed a bunch of kind of those check off things that yeah. takes time to do. And so there's all these things, but if you can kind of think about a, a way of thinking about your business and in, in business made simple, um, and I, with your, with your, with your audience here, I think a third of them are connected to the airlines industry in one way or another. So we happen to use an airplane to think about how you build your business. And so there's six pieces of an airplane. You have your cockpit. Leadership. You have your right engine. Sales or marketing. marketing. 
Okay. <laughs> See, I always thought I always thought the marketing should be the left engine because it's the critical engine, but no one doesn't know what I'm talking about. But go ahead. I have no idea. I never knew one was more. I'll bring that up next uh, <laughs> simple coach thing and say, hey, John, you got to switch the framework to make yes. Um, Both engines okay. a critical engine, not the right engine. <laughs> Unless you're in a jet, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, the cockpit, leadership, the most fundamental thing, if you do anything when starting a business, is get really clear on, we talked about where, where, where you're going, where you're going to take this, what problem you solve, and kind of paint a picture for what it's going to look like. Critical, 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 and then other things you need to do. So, you know, we talked about right engine marketing, left engine, um, thinking about sales. And if you're a small business owner starting off, you're selling mm -hmm. one way or another. Um, and you need a framework to engage prospective clients into a, a story about their problem, what you, what you do to address that. It's just kind of some simple sales language and, and scripting that out that can go in sales letters it can go into different kinds of campaigns and follow-up or consultations but you need a way to think about your left engine and kind of keeping it simple here but that i mean you need that and so the fourth piece of a, of, of a plane is the body and that's overhead Red. operations people and kind of with the idea of if you grow your body of your plane too fast, your plane's going to take on, you're going to correct me on my airline's knowledge here. <laughs> your, your plane's going to sink. So that's kind of when you're talking about when, when, when do businesses fail? They take on too much overhead before the business yeah. can sustain it. So that's the fourth piece. And then the wings are your products and services. Right. And you know, what you, you, your products aren't good enough. Your wingspan is not wide enough. You can't support the overhead of the airplane, right? Yeah. So it's too heavy. It doesn't fly. Uh, I think is the the analogy there. Yeah, I <laughs> I did a um, uh, I, I did this. Uh, it was kind of like a, a panel thing at, at a college here in town that um, uh, people were pitching their different business concepts, and the business plans were submitted ahead of time, and this young lady had a uh, unique way of bringing uh, dresses to more rural communities, uh, little dress shops, and mm. more customization of the dresses, and it was a neat, it was a neat concept, except um, she hired salaried people to build these, build these dresses, so she's paying everybody $50,000 to make dresses, but yet there were no sales. And I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, well, why wouldn't you just pay an existing seamstress a commission, a percentage of the sale, instead of having to be committed to pay <laughs> a flat salary to all these different people, right? Uh, so that's a very good example of, of really big overhead and, and, the, and, and the marketing and the sales engine hadn't, wasn't really going yet. And, and therefore the wingspan was very short uh, and the airplane was never gonna fly, right? So. It would be an ugly plane if you depict it graphically. <laughs> it <was a> <laughs> right, fat body with these right. little wings and little. Yeah, nobody's gonna hop on that. <laughs> no one's getting on that, even if Casey's flying it. That's right. Um, and the uh, the sixth part of a plane. This is a trick question for you. Yeah. What's the sixth part of the plane? We haven't talked about the tail yet. Talk. Well, <laughs> let's get to the. Uh, 
that's a, that's another kind of thing. But I knew you bring up that the sixth part of the plane is your are your fuel tanks, and what do your fuel yes. tanks represent? Cash reserves, cash flow, cash reserve, your yeah. financial systems, which kind right. of your setup controls, which kind of get back to this second point of are you going how are you going to be able to make money doing this? And so, um, think and one thing I've I've learned a lot from working with small business owners, they will tend to get away from the money part of their business. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's throwing it over the fence to their CPA, which it's not really their job to do that, or a bookkeeper, but like having, you know, having your, your uh, solid dial on your, on your fuel tanks and your money systems so critical. And so those are kind of generally I, I'm gonna have to get feedback on the what's the tail do again? Just guide guides the guides the plane. I think, <laughs> I think that's the what tail it does. goes. I think the tail. We just call the tail as part of the wingspan, right? You got to okay. have the, the rudder and the elevators to make the airplane go up, down, and turn a maneuver. But you're doing that from the cockpit, so we'll give them a pass on that analogy. Okay. Okay. But okay. Uh, but yeah, no, no. I think you're correct because a lot of times when just in personal finance, when things aren't going well, people put their head in the sand because they just don't want to know. They just don't want to look at those portfolio statements because it's been a bad year. It's been a bad year in the market. Let's just don't look at it. If you don't look at it, it won't go away. And sometimes it's okay not to look at your portfolios because that tends to cause you to have a reaction and make changes or go to cash. And those are bad habits to have. Uh, if you're invested in what I call long-term healthy asset classes mm -hmm. like the S&P 500, you just you need to be along for the ride because in the end, it's a little bumpy at times using our airplane analogy, but in the end, you always get to your destination. It's never not happened that way except for behavior. People get people get uh, nervous and they run to the cockpit and push the, push the controls down and we crash well before our destination because they panicked. Um, and so it's, it's um, uh, but, but yes, uh, in, in business finances, I've seen it. It's not working because it's, the checks aren't cashing. <laughs> I write a check and they're bouncing, but there was a problem way before that. And you could have fixed it if you just addressed the issue at the time, right? Mm -hmm. So got to got to keep a focus on cash. Got to keep focus on the money systems. Without without the fuel, the plane dies really quick. So, um, anyways, it's just it's it's a six part framework, um, kind of on how to think about a business. So I would just encourage your listeners pick a framework, pick something like that, and um, instead of going all over, you know, YouTube, finding kind of all these little, you know, the yeah. 67,000 books on, on Amazon that say on management or starting a small business, so much material out there. And one of the things I, I find with a lot of clients, like maybe it even was something I asked you about a year ago. I said, you know, what books are you reading? You listed those three. And I asked you, Casey, I said, well, what have you implemented out of those books? You are a rare rare occasion where you're like well let me show you this let me show you that so, right. like, but a lot of times you're just reading business ideas and sooner or later you know all yeah. the ideas are great but you got to put these things into action and kind of get them into your business yeah there's there's another book that talks talks about that good to great if you read have you read that one oh, yeah people yeah. overcoming all their problems which is very interesting is that when the the consultant came back like five years later to to re-interview all those companies he interviewed in the book 
um, is amazing how much destruction there still was. It doesn't doesn't guarantee you success by having any of these systems in place, um, but it's but it certainly has a higher percentage than, than than doing nothing. I, you know, I had that experience recently. I sat down with a person who wanted to invest a half million dollars, and so I just asked some questions and come to find out they qualified for an SBA loan and they got the half million dollars and they're going to invest it was the original idea because they didn't need it in the business. And it's like three and a half percent. And I'm like, no, that's not what SBA loans are for. In fact, if you look at the, uh, the how they write those loans, <laughs> it's not supposed to be used for investing in the markets. So we, we had to redirect. And so I, I brought up the book, uh, Michael Gerber's E-Myth book and they, oh yeah, I read that book. And I had, but I had the same reaction you just did. I was like, well, what did you not, what did you not learn? Like, why are you here? <laughs> you should be implementing the book, you know? Um, I think the problem is that some people don't know how to implement the book. They're really good at selling widgets or making widgets and selling widgets, but they, they, they kind of, they kind of get lost on, on the leadership management thinking of the future, because when you're busy in your back room making all these widgets to sell, you don't have time to dream. And that's, that's something that all business owners should be doing is they should take time to be thinking about what do I want my life to be? What do I want for my kids? What do I want for my family in the future? It goes back to why you start with Hero and a Mission, uh, Donald Miller's book. It, make, it makes perfect sense. You know, you know my, my goal today, um, everything's that I want to do personally that I'm putting on hold, but I want my, my two oldest. So I have three kids, my two oldest, my goal for my oldest one right now is to go live his golf dream. He's, he's interviewing uh, at D one colleges right now. He wants nice. to play NCAA golf and I have done everything that I know to do to make sure he's in the position to do, to, to go do that other than swinging the club for him, which would not help him at all. <laughs> and then my daughter is is a, is just as competitive but she does it in the horse world so you know i would love to own a little small airplane but i can't because my airplane right now um has four legs and it goes nay <laughs> and so she's like down in ocala and aiken and and uh, up in lexington doing these great things for a 14 year old uh, on 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 these great horses that she has and you know so for me my my thing for them is like how can i get them to a higher station in life mm -hmm. and do things that i would never have thought possible for myself um and and right now these are just sports but that translates into something else in the future i don't know what that is for them that's for them to choose but i've given them the tools to learn how to win learn how to lose learn how to work hard to go achieve something um you know and so it at least i hope i have um but you know sounds like it that's that's for me my younger son he's he's a normal kid like i try to keep keep him off video games and playing in the street <laughs> the other two could care less about video games <laughs> and they were always ones to go outside and play uh when they were real little so it, it's uh um, so, yeah with your just to stop you for so you're you know with with the, the daughter horse habit yeah yeah i share your i share your pain that was me 10 years 10 years ago in fact it got so bad. My wife and I bought a small equestrian retail store and named <laughs> it and named it Equestrian Paradise. Just because this is like what they're all into. And I'm like, yes. no, those margins on that equestrian apparel, 
55%. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I can buy this business. <laughs> I get wow. kind of the side business of getting everything at cost, which there was an economic advantage of buying that business, which had very little to do with the, the business, but it did kind of help out promote and, that and inside. I have, I, have more questions. I have more questions about that because uh, the stuff at Dover, which I'm sure you've been to Dover is oh, ridiculously oh yeah. priced. Uh, and there aren't too many like used tack places unless you go to one of these big events that that have stuff that that's interesting. That's interesting. It might be a good business for her. For her, I don't I mean for for my oldest, um, I see a path for him, even if it's just business related and he's doing golf stuff on the side. But for her, there's no money in horses themselves. Uh, I, I met a person recently near Knoxville, beautiful farm. It's dad's farm. She's importing horses from Ireland, training them, and then selling them. Some of these horses have gone to the Kentucky three-day, and they still, um, they, she's still having to live on dad's land. <laughs> so it tells you that there's zero, zero dollars in horses. Uh, so she's going to have to find something. I, I keep telling her like, when she's thinking about colleges, like you need to find like an entrepreneurship minor, or you need to find, at least get a finance degree or something, because you need to understand how money works. Uh, in fact, I, we, I've talked about this on the podcast. People have, people have heard this story, so I don't, I don't want to repeat it. But basically, she's in order to get a saddle that she needs to go to the next level, um, uh, she's having to do the Dave Ramsey uh, teen <laughs> program. And okay. she was so discouraged. The saddle has come in. The saddle's in a box. It's she's there. sitting there staring at the box. And I'm like, I'm the parent that would just give in and let her open the box, but not this time. I feel like this is so important for her. That saddle is sitting in a box and, and she, she comes to me and she goes, well, I just went to the next chapter, which is like the middle section. And she goes, there's 95 videos and they're 10 minutes each dad. <laughs> how bad, how bad do you want the, the saddle? <laughs> I, want the saddle. I, was like, I was like, of all the people in this household, you need to understand money because your sport generates $0. <laughs> and for your listener and for your listeners who don't understand the pain where sharing right now they'd be probably very surprised at what a, a next level saddle would actually yeah, right. yeah, exactly this, more this, than my, this isn't some like you know yeah. thing you just pick up no you know? it's more than my son's first car it's pretty bad yeah. <laughs> the uh but yeah so it's it's um uh, getting back to the business uh you know it, it's you have to separate yourself from the business. And I think that's very easy to do at the very beginning, but it's very hard to do as your business progresses. And your business, if you're going to keep it small and it's just you and you work the hours you want to work and you know you think about all these people in Upwork right now doing marketing and, and, and you know web design, it's like they take on the project or they don't take on the project. Um, but when you're running a more uh, business that you're trying to you're trying to scale and build, you have to have some guidelines and you have to have um, you have to be able to think like for me, uh, this week, I actually just went through and, and rewrote my organizational chart. It's like, Love you it. know, my organizational chart uh, is changed from what my vision was because, you know, there are some things that came along that I didn't expect to happen. And so I go, huh, well, I, I need a person really here just for that. And so I'm going to rebuild what, what the team looks like and how do I scale a team? Um, and I, I'm, I think uh, I'm doing, I'm doing another um, podcast with you um, kind of down the, down the line, but one of, one of that, I think that one's entitled um, how to make your business less dependent on you or how to, how to scale your business. I don't think we figured out the title yet, but that's right. where we kind of get into that. Like, you know, you know, simple 
tool like an org chart, but it's it's more than an org chart. It's thinking about where's my business is going and how many boxes is Casey in, including podcast host in addition <laughs> to the other right. role. I mean, but like those roles, and you have to start thinking about um, you know prioritizing prioritizing positions in your business. So that that's critical. Um, but you know, getting help. One of the things that um, you know, this is probably a kind of an e-myth term, but unlike you, I think you're one of the few exceptions because usually um, most businesses aren't really started by quote, the entrepreneur. They're, they get started by, you know, a dentist who wants, who starts a dentistry practice, a chiropractor who starts a chiropractor, a financial analyst or financial planner that does, starts a wealth management firm, uh, you know, yoga instructor well, I, starts a, med, you know, that, to, be that fair, kind of to be fair though, I, I really wanted a unbiased business model. And so in 2001, you couldn't find a fee only firm, uh, in 2001, you'd have to be at a larger firm. And not only did you want to do a financial plan, which wasn't really financial planning, <laughs> didn't really know this till we, till I, you know, get out of the, um, the, that environment, but, uh, you know, we got compensated so much if we sold life insurance and we got even more if we sold an annuity. And then we right. got, and in the end, I was like, you know, we just want to help people and we want to focus on the big picture and only be paid by them, not paid by the mutual fund, not paid by anybody else, but the client. And in 2001, that was very hard to find. It's easier to find that now. Um, there's mm -hmm. some very big multi, uh, multi, um, billion dollar firms that are that are uh, out there right now. Those didn't exist uh, 20, 20, 22 years ago. And so it's it's uh, and those companies only got their size because of acquisitions. They're buying guys like me. I get calls every sure. week from somebody. Yeah. We, they're, they're, they're actually they're getting very obnoxious. They're going, we want to buy your firm. I'm like, you don't even know who I am. Like <laughs> you didn't even spell my name right in the <laughs> in the intro letter. That's how bad this stuff is. Um, but there's so much acquisition going on. But but just to be just to be clear that, you know, I, I, I wasn't like an entrepreneur that decided I'll I'll do a financial planning company because we can make money doing that. It, it was more of a practitioner uh, who also loved aviation that that had no place to go. I had no home. And so I had to create my own home. Uh, and then in the process, I found other like minded people that want to work in the best interest of the client. Nice. But back to your point. <laughs> no, no, but I, th that's how I started my my business. Now, I'm a solo practitioner, but came out of the large corporate background and like, okay, what do kind of your version of coming out of the airlines? You know, what do I want to do? What do I like doing? Who do I want to serve? What do I what am I somewhat knowledgeable in that I could help others doing it? Same type of thing. But um, the um the the one kind of one of the points I was making is that. <clears throat> Your technical skills when you're starting a, a business, like the the work your business does or the the role of the owner, your technical skills can get you only so far. Sooner or later, as you develop a business, you're going to have to say, "All right, uh, I don't even know how to read a PL. I might need some help with my financial systems. Um, I've managed people before, but everybody kind of." company I was working with did this before, but I haven't really thought about like how I, I would, I would use management systems for my small business or I've never really had to sell before. I've never had to go through with, you know, creating a, um, a marketing strategy and all the pieces that go with that. Um, 
piece by piece. So idea with when you're starting a, a new business, think about like what you're, what you're good at and realize also where you're going to need help. And so when you started Wiser, how did, what, what was one area that you were, I'm not really sure how I'm going to do this. What was that for you, Casey? Yeah, I think that was probably when you start, you first start hiring the new person, right? So I was a solo practitioner. Uh, and then in 07, I bought a company called Wiser Financial, rebranded it into Wiser Wealth Management. Okay. And I think at that point, I, you know, I wanted, you know, I had a person here at the time um, that uh, I decided, you know, well, I'm gonna let everybody go. And then, cause he had two people, I think working with him. He was a small shop too. Um, but then I'm just going back to what I know, which is just me. Right. And, and I had uh, Latrell Allen. She's still, she's a client here. She, she comes by and says hi every now and then, but she uh, basically showed up to work for free for the first month. And she just kept coming in. I'm like, Latrell, you don't have to be here. I'm like, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to pay you. She's like, I know I'm just here to help you out. And um, it's funny. We laugh about it now. She did get on the payroll, <laughs> but, but looking back on it, she's like, she was like, you're, you were young and you just didn't know how, how needy the clients are is how she put it. Um, and so we were able to the rebrand off of that. It, it was a stock picking firm. Uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Weiser, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Weiser picked stocks and he had favorite clients. He traded probably more for than others and all kinds of red flags. And so basically I came in and said, okay, we're getting rid of this stock picking stuff and everyone's going to get the exact same price at the exact same time. And there are no favorites here. And, and so it, it was just growing basically 30 families um, into now over 350 families. And it was, and for me, I would say, honestly, because I'm somewhat fearless, I think in a lot of ways, I think the biggest step for me was my marketing. Because I remember in 2014, 20, no, no, it wasn't even 2014. It was back in, it was recently 2018. I brought on a marketing person that was a friend of mine who served on my advisory board, which is where I get a lot of my advice from. It's my advisory board. And she said, you know, you, in order to scale and grow, you're going to have to spend X on marketing. And that number scared me. I said, but what if I spend that much money and it doesn't work? And her whole thing was like, if it doesn't work, then there'd be no marketing industry. <laughs> okay. You know, only only thirty percent of your marketing is working. Figuring out what the thirty percent is that's working is the hard part, right? Yeah, and now seven to seven to ten people will come into the office or, or do video chats with us every single week because of that marketing, and and you know I'm very much indebted to her for helping me just jump over the edge and quitting my older, my older job, I guess. You know, stepping out of the airline industry, which was pretty comfortable job, uh, to follow my passion. Uh, which I still love airplanes. I just loved the first leg and not in the last leg. I didn't like anything. And, and I was at a regional, so I was doing seven legs a day and yeah. it's just tired. I was just tired. My body was tired. My mind was great. My body was tired. So, but I, I think, you know, trusting the process was hard. Um, and so I think for any, any business owner to make a change, cause this is working, my life was fine. But then if I do this, then my trajectory is supposed to go like, you know, straight up, but I got to trust that the process is going to work. And, and that's what we're going through now. We're going through building out teams and building a planning process that has to work without my involvement whatsoever. And therefore I have to trust people 
to implement this process, um, which is documented, which they check off as they go through. And but it, it's it's a tough process. This is my baby, right? And so it's it's hard to scale. But I also can't work twelve hours a day forever, right? You know, that's called creating a business that's less dependent on Casey. I mean, correct. Because eventually, the only way you can one of the ways you scale is you scale through systems and you scale from pe from people, the people in the system working together to create the result. But that's, that's how you free yourself up from the roles of your, of your business that sometimes you're just kind of down in the weeds, but eventually getting them up above the minutia and thinking about the more entrepreneurial, or kind of the, the innovative thinking that's going to take you to the next level is where it's happened. But that's hard, hard to do when you're in the weeds. It is. It is. It, it, it's, it's almost it's impossible. Also, it's also because we have the people, there's a, there's a people um, interaction here, right? There's a relationship with people. So I have 300 families that know me. And, and what I'm trying to portray to them is like, you know what, me that's been up till two o'clock in the morning working on these different projects for different families and coming in at 9 a.m. the next morning or 8 a.m. the next morning is not the best version of me. Like I'm not doing the best for you, but what I'm trying to do is hire the best person to be doing that for you now and me overseeing the process to make sure it's being delivered properly. But people have to have me. And so that I think that's the hardest part of a transition is when you have that client relationship. And it's not that I don't like people, I love everybody, uh, especially the, the ones that have been part of this firm. This firm dates back to 1987. Uh, so we have families that have been linked back to that far that a lot of the grandmothers have passed away now. But um, so there's a long history of people being here. We have a 99% client retention ratio. We don't lose people. <laughs> people don't leave. They're here. They're, they're here for life. And we assume they're going to be here for life because that's historically that's what's always happened. Right. Um, but it's, it's putting people in place. I, I have a new advisor in our group now, Missy Beach. And, you know, honestly, Missy's been doing this longer than I have. And she is much higher educated than I am, but it's funny because she knows more about certain topics than I do. But if I put her in front of somebody, you know, it's, oh, who's this person? <laughs> and so you have to, you have to be, um, I'm, I'm trying to take a step back with all the new clients. Uh, and, and if you're, you know, obviously mostly clients are listening to this, uh, that, you, you know, our clients have to understand that as, as our demand grows, my time, is is getting less and less and less and so how we solve this is bring, bring great talent in and and marty i'll tell you you know the first couple of tries that i did didn't work out that well because i brought in somebody at x salary and what i've learned is if you bring in the best you got to pay the xx salary <laughs> And the body of the plane gets a little heavier, but you know what? The wings are getting wider. And, that, and that's what I'm focused on is, is how can we keep improving our process, our planning process? How can we mistake-proof our process that we're giving the best advice every single time? Uh, and, and it's people uh, and processes, right? There's a well, third P, profits, process. right? But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, um, and, you know, your, you know, your standards for how you want it done there, you know, just like eventually, eventually, you know, clients like here, here's, here's how we do it here. And here's what it, it kind of means. This is like getting back to that, um, couple of those books you're referencing earlier on, um, 
hospitality, but just like, no, this is our, this is the way we do it here. And the focus is all on, you know, and the outcome with the client experience and everything else, but it's, right. it's how do we do this? How do we do this in a unique way that makes our clients continue coming back and working with you? And I have to applaud you 99% retention rate with, the, with these clients. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, for us, this is, this podcast is never intended to be an advertisement for us, but what we've done is created teams. So we, so I'm the head of that team. And then I have two lead advisors. I have two associate advisors, right? And associate advisors are doing a lot of the emails and the connecting of, of other partners, the CPAs, the attorneys that we work very closely with. And they're kind of keeping eyes on the project and say, hey, um, we got to have a conversation with so-and-so about this, Mr. Le team leader. And so that's what we're building out. We're just, we've got to add one more, one more team leader. Um, but, it, you know, honestly, I mean, for all the business owners that are listening, none of this has been in a linear line. You know, I just got back from the Schwab conference. We grow faster and we offer more services than any other firm that I talk to that are, that's our size, uh, especially personalized service. I came back going, I wanted to learn a lot, but I also came back very encouraged based on the people that I met that, you know, we're doing a pretty good job. Um, we we got to fill in some blanks here and there uh, internally uh, with communication, because we have that many number of people on a team, you got to make sure you're communicating well. So we have a few gaps to fill in there. But, um, uh, you know, it, but it's not a linear line. It's, 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 it's taking time away from the business to be able to understand what it is that you have to improve going forward. And then I will add uh, also to this conversation that, you know, I read, I'll read a lot. Um, I have not read as much in the last six months, uh, partially because I've, I've, I've gotten very involved in client meetings again, uh, where for various reasons, uh, I'm coming back out of that, but, um, all the, uh, so I, what I've done is I've started doing more podcasts where I can, right. Listen to podcasts. It's very interesting mm -hmm. that they ever, they interviewed a bunch of different people. Um, there's one it has five guys on it. They're all billionaires. I can't remember the name. Uh, can't remember the name of the podcast. It's a very famous one, though. I'll pull it up here as we're talking. Um, but they said, you know, what would you have done differently if you're growing and scaling your company today? And you know what the answer was? It's very interesting. They held on the people too long. They held on to the wrong people for too long. There's different people. People will come into your business and uh, they help you get from point A to point B, but from B to C, uh, it's called All In. All In is the name of the um, I'll, I'll write that one down. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Some some episodes are great. Some some's not so great. But uh, but one of ones what they were talking about was like you know, growing and scaling. Um, is that they held on to people too long in positions? Uh, there's another one um, uh, for any financial advisors listening to our podcast, and we all know about the Michael Kitsies K I T C E S Michael Kitsies Financial Advisor Success Podcast. It's about operating financial services. Episode 300. That's another one. Uh, same thing. United Capital, they're famous in our industry. The guy built it from nothing. Multi-billion dollar firm. What does he do? He sells it to Goldman Sachs. <laughs> but now he's at Goldman Sachs trying to teach Goldman Sachs, you know, about how financial planning is really done. Uh, and so obviously he's very biased toward Goldman now. But that's something he said in his podcast too. They, they asked him, what would you do differently? He said, I wouldn't hold on to people. Uh, you know, because you get to know these people and you know their families and but there's a point at which they just kind of tap out and it's time to replace them. Maybe you're big enough and you can move them within the company, but ultimately 
you got to replace that person with the person with the right skill set. And I think that's really hard for small businesses because we become a family. And yeah, and and sometimes in small businesses, the the, the person is your system. Yes, unfortunately, that because you don't want your person who maybe outgrew their their position or their role in your company to leave because like, oh, all my systems are in that person's head. So that's kind of gets to the importance of where corporations kind of win, you know, over small businesses, they've got these repeatable systems, processes, and, you know, somebody leaves or gets promoted, the train keeps going because they're just, it's a system led and small businesses need that on a smaller scale, but the same concept really applies. And, you know, just when I, I um, think about just people moving forward, um, you know, Three simple questions, you know, for an employee. Do they do they get their job? Do they get what it's all about? Do they want to do do their job? Do they have the desire? Do they have the passion or the fuel? And kind of third, you know, do they get it, want it, and do they really have the capability to do the, the role? And so sometimes businesses you know evolve and positions and the scope of a position changes and what you hired that person for back then might be a whole different set of skills or um, requirements for their position but yeah continuing to think and keep around your people pulse of what's happening around that is a way to make sure you've got the right people in the right seats that probably applies to people running uh, like at Microsoft, where you have a department of 20, 30, 40, 50 people, wouldn't the same apply there as well? Because you essentially exactly. you're running a business inside a business, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Same concept applies. So, um, but just interesting that advice that they're giving you, like holding, not holding on to people yeah. um, too long. And so. Well, we've, we've strayed deeply from our original topic. <laughs> Oh yeah, we we knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen, but <laughs> for those of you who are still happen to be listening, um, you know, starting start start starting a starting a business is is um, exciting. Uh, there's a lot of adrenaline that goes in the beginning. Um, there's also a lot of time, and so I think that you have to take that time to also be doing a lot of reading about the future and how you're going to build that business. Uh, even down to how you make that that first hire. And hopefully you're like myself and like Marty and you have fast growing businesses and you got to figure this stuff out really quickly. And sometimes it takes time to kind of slowly evolve. Um, and it just depends on on the situation. But ultimately, um, you know, getting getting started is, I think, really a combination of, of uh, probably three people. Uh, first one is going to be an attorney to create docs and legal docs. I can't stress how important that is. Uh, so many people that I know have small businesses, it's called Airbnb, and yet they barely have rental and lease agreements, right? They, they just, they, they haven't formed an LLC to put the house in. They haven't <laughs> created documents that are centered around that LLC to fully protect them. So the same way with your business, if you're having agreements, you need to have those drafted by an attorney. If you're one of our clients, we have a relationship with Gregory Doyle here in town. They have, um, uh, uh, Billy there would be happy to help you with with uh, putting those employment agreements uh, in place or those client agreements if, if you're doing that. Like even a website, if you're in the business of designing websites, you, you got to have a agreement, right? 
this is what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how know, much it's going to cost? This is usually, yeah. I mean, besides all the other legal docs, <laughs> but yeah, at least, at least, you know, in, in your, in your, in your, in your left engine of your sales system, like thinking about, um, you know, terms and conditions that you're, if you're selling any type of services these days, you need to have that spelled out of not only just like what you're providing, but like, and some legal backup um, yeah. in case something happens, but, and similar with employment contracts and different kind of employee agreements. Yeah. Kind of getting that legal um, work and then together, something on the list, a lot of things on the list. There are a lot of things on the list. The CP, sitting down with CPA, do you need to be an LLC or do you need to be an S Corp or do you need to be an LLC with S Corp privileges? Those are those are like, oh my gosh, it makes your head spin, right? And so again, you go back to that uh, attorney's office and they'll draft those documents after you and the CPA have, have figured that out. And then I think thirdly is a mentor. I think every business owner needs to have a mentor. You need to have a person you can pick up in the middle of the night and call uh, and say, hey, uh, I'm struggling with this. What do you think about, what do you think about this? And, and, you know, and, and that's, you know, even my own golf club, I get frustrated. I see these very successful retired businessmen. They play golf every day. They sit down and have lunch together every day. They go home to their wives at five, six o'clock in the after, in, in the evening, early evening. And I was like, man, there's so much knowledge at that table. I wish, <laughs> you know, I wish they would get out there and mentor other people. Um, so much, so much wealth of information. But um, uh, really, I think those, the, that, that's sort of the basics. I, I think ultimately, though, you, you know, if I could do anything differently in starting up my company, I would have started writing processes a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a written, pro even if it's just for you, but you should, you should be working in your business to create a, a process that's repeatable over and over again, just like our Chick-fil-A's, just like our McDonald's, right? Um, you get the same chicken sandwich, same burger, no matter which place you go to. Uh, and, and so how can, that's my goal. How can Wiser Wealth Management have the same output with different people at, in the process other than myself? With the same compassion, with the same empathy, right? Listening uh, and, 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 and in the same outputs, there's the deliverables that everyone has, but it's all the extras that go with that and, and, and building, your, um, building your business or building your brand. Uh, and then Absolutely. also, you know, um, understanding when it's time to, to hire that next, that next person. So it, there's so many components to it. Um, ultimately you can Google online, you know, things to know in starting a business, <laughs> you're going to get inundated with stuff. I think what we were able to extract, uh, in a conversation today, uh, with you, Marty is, is all very big picture things that we quickly forget about after we have uh, hung the shingle. Right, right. So um, one um, thing, if your listeners are interested, they can go. Uh, to, so there's a, a small business checklist up on my website. You can just down, download it, but it kind of talks about if you're going to build a plane mm -hmm. in each of those six areas, what do you need to start thinking about? And it doesn't go as detailed about, um, you know, get a lawyer and get, you know, LLC, S corps, kind of, but it does give you the foundational building blocks, how you build the business. And if they're, an, is there, if you're an existing business and you want to see how your plane flies in the area, which parts of your business are strong or weak, there's a quick assessment, but gives you kind of a picture of, what does my plane look like in the air? Ooh, 
that left that <laughs> the fuel tanks looking looking a little red. But you know, marketing is you know green over here, so it gives you kind of a an idea of like what your plane might look like, and also some practical tips of what you could do as a business owner to improve so your plane flies far and fast and reaches its destination. Marty, Easy. your uh, your website is paradisebusinesscoaching.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So anyone going down to the show notes can just link directly over to uh, Marty's website. Marty, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this next, uh, uh, the next one with you uh, here. I guess we'll record that in a few days. Um, but we could, I could sit here and talk forever. And same thing happens when business owners or airline pilots come into my office. They meet just with me. Uh, we, we end up, um, you know, we end up having these long in-depth conversations. I had a business owner recently come in. I think we spent three hours in a meeting. <laughs> just in, in, in the end, in the end, he, he doesn't even need me. Um, I was just able to kind of point him, point him in the right direction with a couple of books and a couple of ideas. Uh, but I love talking business. I love talking um uh, I mean, obviously anything to do with aviation, we've have, we have many, uh, pilots here from many different, uh, airlines and it's always fun to kind of commiserate with, uh, with them sometimes and what's happening in their world. I bet. I thanks bet. for your time, Marty. We'll uh, see you again. Hey, soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting me on. Thanks for listening to a wiser retirement podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk, and unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.